All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its hosts are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times to Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, talking to you from New York City, the borough of Queens, on the 11th day of January 2022. And uh, before I talk more about today's show, I do like to remind you, I write a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. um, And you can sign up for that by uh, going to miningstocks.com. We like to also encourage you to consider signing up for Chen Lin's letter, What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? Go to ChenPicks.com. And we're going to hear from Chen in just a minute, and you might get an idea of what his thoughts are as we uh, as we get underway in this new year. Um, I want to thank each of you for listening to the show, making it one of the more popular shows in the Voice America Business Channel. also encourage you to send along your comments, questions, whatever you, whatever's on your mind, send them along to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. Questions, the number four... Uh, at gmail, uh, the number four Taylor at gmail.com. Uh, we do want to thank our sponsors. This week's sponsors Novo Resources, El Oro Resources, Hannon Metals, Irving Resources, Lion One Metals, SK Mining Corp., Firefox Gold, and Timberline Resources. I've titled today's show Has Capitalism Failed? Doug Casey, Chen Lin, and Dr. Quentin Henning return as guests this week. Not only rhetoric, but policies of the Biden administration look more akin to those of fascist or communist dictatorships than a free market capitalist system. While America never had a perfectly free market capitalist system, thanks to both Republican and Democrat parties, it is now hard to discern economic policies much much different from fascist or communist government policies, uh, as our choice to engage in commerce is increasingly replaced by big government dictates. Yet Americans seem not to care much about civil liberties or those kind of freedoms as evidenced by the demolition of our First Amendment rights through big tech censorship aimed at giving in to Democratic Party uh, dictatorial power demands. As the middle class dwindles and the top 1% own nearly all of American wealth, the middle class is rapidly moving towards abject poverty as stimulus checks from Uncle Joe are quickly losing value thanks to massive inflation caused by endless quantitative easing programs. Yet Americans who vote on either side of the aisle tend to make their decisions not on the basis of classical logic, but rather more on emotions than anything else. Doug will help us ferret out what has led to a decline in America's living standards and and in the quest for liberty on the part of people. It is uh, the capitalist system that has failed, is it? Or is it the fault of the politicians that simply pulled the stable construct of capitalism out from under its foundation? Well, these are ideas and questions that we'll have for Doug 
uh, in the second half of today's show. Quentin will update us on the progress Lion One Metals is making on its Tuva 2 project. It's an alkaline gold project that looks very, very large and very promising. Uh, that's in Fiji, and Quentin will be with us right after our first commercial break to update us on that. But right now, I'm happy to tell you that Chen Lin is here and uh, to help us uh, get his views. Uh, to, he's here to share his views, I should say, on uh, how he views the world as we start this new year. Thanks for joining me, Chen. Thank you, Jay. Glad to be here. It's good to have you with us, and uh, maybe just in general, your views on the markets as we move into this year. Yeah, just as uh, I did in the Kitco interview, I uh, mm-hmm. the Fed is raising interest rate. The second shoot to drop. Uh, historically, that's usually a good buying opportunity, and mm-hmm. there's also divergence because the United States raising interest rate and China is cutting interest rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happened twice in the past decade, and every time goes to the bottom and move up. One is uh, 2014 to 16. One is 2018. So you look at all the history, it uh, seems to me that gold prob- may weaken into the fire raising, uh, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, March, April. You know, also seasonal after Chinese New Year, gold tend to sell off. Mm-hmm. And that would create a, a good buying opportunity sometime this year. I'm not sure 100% sure when, but uh, I think it's, uh, it's coming sometime this year. Mm-hmm. So you see a short-term buying opportunity now for gold, but you're but you're worried that as the rates continue to rise, uh, there could be some weakness, I guess. Oh, actually, no. I, I think a short-term weakness. I mean, a couple of months weakness, and then we we will likely enter a long bull market of gold. As mm-hmm. soon as the market figure out the Fed cannot raise interest rate for too long, mm-hmm. uh, can when people see that. The lights at the end of the tunnel when fire raise fire is raising right, when fire raising interest rate gold will jump it will be a bottom so I see that uh, a good opportunity for gold this year. Well, certainly the Fed is trying to keep people convinced or uh, believing that they have things under control. And today, though, you know, we we saw a couple of pretty weak days, and especially in the tech sector, and now today. Um, it seems as though it was. I think starting yesterday, actually, the interest rates of the 10-year Treasury uh, went a little bit lower, and it's continuing lower today. I see the dollar is lower today. Uh, you know, you, you, we just never know, do we, where the Fed, how far they'll take it, how far they'll let interest rates go, because they know as well as anybody that if they push interest rates too high, too fast, the, the whole thing could collapse, the whole financial system. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think they, just as I said yesterday morning, I came out, I said, buying gold yesterday, right, when the gold uh-huh. was below 1800 I said, you know, the Fed will, will speak, power will speak. This week, uh-huh. he will babysit, right? He, he was tough last week. He probably will be a little bit softer this week. That's exactly what we got today. So, uh-huh. actually, yeah, we just as we said, we chat before the show, I'm taking a little bit off, right? So, uh-huh. uh, tomorrow is CPI. Who knows where it is? It could be strong. And, uh, you know, if it's a gold continue to go up, I may take a little bit more off. Uh, because uh-huh. right now, it seems to be wrench bound. It's almost perfect triangular. Uh-huh. Around 1830 18, 18, to 40, you know, 50 area, that's the top of the uh-huh. range. And then, 1790 is the bottom of range. So we can just mm-hmm. trade around waiting for the gold to move. I think the gold will break out. Mm-hmm. But it may break down first to take out mm-hmm. over the weekend and then before take out. If you look at the gold 
chart, okay, in the five-year chart, is a perfect triangular, you know, and tightening triangular. So it's a technical that will break out either direction. Mm-hmm. Chen, I have to ask you about, uh, before I ask you about biotechs, I wonder, uh, do you have any views on energy, um, oil and gas? Uh, yeah, I, I think energy is, it will, will likely be high uh, for the time being. And, uh, you know, there, there's all this geopolitics and mm-hmm. Iran, all these things. And uh, it's hard for supply to respond. So I expect higher energy price prices. It's winter. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's good trade for energy, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, um I know that you had you had uh, been involved in the various energy picks in the past. Are there any this year that you're looking at? I know. Oh, I'm not very particular. I'm kind of like a, you know uh, just a cheap one, right? People don't care. Canada yeah. has been good. Pine Orange, mm-hmm. I think this year will be a good year. I mean, I always discussing my outlook, and uh, you know, attack Cominco. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, that actually looks very good. Tech, tech resource, I mean, it looks very mm-hmm. good to break out the five-year chart. They also have a lot of energy inside. In addition, they have a zinc and copper. So right. there's a lot of a place you, you, you can do uh, in energy. And But I'm more focused on gold. I think uh, this year could be the, the opportunity to, to get, you know. Okay, but you're, but you're. For the breakout. Yeah, well, you're, yes, you're focused on gold, the precious metals, uh, but what about biotechs? Because that's where you've really excelled in the recent years anyway. You've done extremely well, and I know you have some favorite biotechs that I myself am following and I'm following in my newsletter. Maybe you could just share a couple of those ideas with our listeners. Yeah, I had, um, you know, interview early this year. Basically, I have a six picks. I have a three in biotech, three in mm-hmm. gold, right? Gold, precious metal. Uh, precious metal are the Firefox and Sarah DePasco and mm-hmm. Sarah Metal. But the Firefox, Sarah DePasco, probably the mo- two most exciting mm-hmm. ones. Biotech, I have Tricida and yep. Snapgenics and Amaris. Right, uh, Tricida has been really well, did very well. Yes, last year was one of the diff- most difficult years, but we did very well. The stock actually went up from $3 and change now to 9 change, breaking about the break to 10 mm-hmm. but it's still very, very undervalued because, uh, as you see, they have a new, pr- new presentation. Uh, their trial results coming out in the middle of the, this year, Q3. Uh, they will stop in Q2 and then Q3 data come out and the chance of success is 99%. So it's like it cannot be better than that. And that's why Steve Cohen was buying last year. I mean, actually, last year, throughout last year, I was, you know, competing. Me and my subscriber were competing with Steve Cohen <laughs> at about $3, $4 range. Now it's 9 But still, it's a lot, lot of wrong way because once they got approval, this is a triple digit stock. So you can imagine, mm-hmm. you know, when I, I put that and you said, I said, this could be a hundred bagger. So we'll see. So that, that's when doing well, but it's, it's a long, long way to go. Okay. And mm-hmm. then we have uh, Snapgenics and finally start moving today. Uh, they have a, a poster coming out in Alzheimer's uh, Journal. Uh, mm-hmm. Just talking with with the company uh, on there, you know, uh, the article and uh, how much impact to the market. But stock has been moving now, mm-hmm. and they also have a lot of catalysts coming. Their Alzheimer is different than Biogen and all the other. They can reverse Alzheimer. Okay, so basically, instead of re- 
slowing down Alzheimer's, like most other Alzheimer's drug is doing. Mm-hmm. They can reverse Alzheimer's. They can repair the cell. So that's their uniqueness. And then their trial is sponsored by NIH, and not many uh-huh. companies have NIH sponsor. So they mm-hmm. have trial sponsored by NIH data, data readout by the end of this year. So that will be uh, could be a history, human, you know, important milestone for human history if they are successful. Mm-hmm. And this, this is a very, very, you know, it will be very exciting. And they're still trading not far from the last uh, placement. So it's, it's very, very cheap at single digit. And uh, the, another one is Amherst. Amherst having a run today. They're going to have a, um, a presentation at J.P. Morgan tomorrow uh, about 12.15 Eastern time. So uh, mm-hmm. the, comp- the stock has a huge pressure. Right? It went down from $20 to $4. Uh, I think the management probably have a lot of pressure to, to speak out. If they have any good news, they should come out tomorrow. So I've been buying core options, as I said to my subscribers. Uh, I think um, this one is good. Again, I bought it last year at three dollars, and then I sold most of mine in double digit. Now it dropped mm-hmm. to single digit. I bought too early, but I still, you know, it's still very good trade. Um, I'm loading up a uh, single digit again. I hope they will go back to double digit. Well, it's certainly a very interesting uh, platform. New, new technology, really new, new chemical um, approach to chemistry, and it's really. Uh, if it if it really works, Chen, it's, it could be huge. I guess that's uh, the idea. If it right? works. It just takes a long time to uh, to mark to, develop. to market. Yeah, the yeah. mark market it takes a long time. You think about you have a new molecule, and you you replace squalene, for example, from mm-hmm. shark liver. I mean, uh, so they try to save shark. They have people have to get used to the molecule and then get used to it, and notice their brand and start using it, right? So it, it takes some time, and then their market has been impatient, and recent tax sell-off has hit this really, really hard. Plus, they missed yeah. the Q3 guidance. So mm-hmm. all, and then yeah. they did a big raise, a $650 million raise. Yeah, so right, all, right. These, all these reasons together, the stock dropped from $20 to $4. <laughs> Just amazing. One of the most yeah. spectacular jobs I've seen. Yeah. But I mean, the point is that its its applications are across many different sectors, many different parts of the economy. It's not just uh, the squalene. It's not just squalene for the replacement uh, of of the shark. Um, you know, of, of avoiding exactly. they can exactly. synthetically synthetically they create these molecules uh, that are just as they are in nature and can use them. And so uh, that's I think the appeal uh, that they can do yeah, that, and they exactly. have their own. They are the first. First one to create a CBG, you know, it's a it's a better version of CBD. CBG, they already have that. They already have that in the makeup, uh, in their in their products already. They just need to market it and then uh, you know and to to generate cash flow. This year could be uh-huh. a big year for 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 these for these products. And they have some manufacturing facilities now that they are also so they're sort of pretty much vertically integrated, I believe, Chad, aren't they? You know, from, right. from vertically from, integrated, they have two plants open this this year, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that will reduce their cost by you know hundred basis point. I mean, all all these things will start to snowballing, right? Start to add down, but market impatient. Uh, you know, yeah. they, when they sell, yeah. people just sell, sell, sell. <laughs> yeah. What can you do? You have well, to take advantage of this. Yeah, well, people like you who are who have their eyes on the ball are, are taking advantage of uh, of these weaknesses. So, thanks so much, Chen, for sharing your thoughts with us. Always, always appreciate it. And it's uh, 
chenpicks.com, folks, if you want to sign up for Chen's letter. He sends out, he keeps his invest, he keeps his subscribers well up to date on the developments of these things. So it's a very valuable uh, subscription, I believe. If you're a serious investor, you might want to consider going to chenpicks.com and signing up for Chen's letter. Thanks so much, Chen. Thank you, Jay. All right, folks, we do have to go to break, but don't go away. Quentin Henning will be with us to talk about Lion One. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. SK Mining Corp. Trading under the symbol ESK on the TSX Venture and ESKYF on the OTCQB is a mineral exploration company targeting precious metals, rich VMS deposits in the heart of British Columbia's Golden Triangle. SK Mining controls a prospective land package totaling 130,000 acres, which lies across a geologic trend that once hosted the prolific SK Creek Mine. With a world-renowned geological team, funding in place, and shareholders such as Eric Sprott, SK Mining is on the cusp of a world-class discovery. Go to skmining.com to subscribe for updates. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back, Turning Hard Times and Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have Quentin Henning with us once again. Uh, today, Quentin's going to give us an update uh, on his understanding of what's going on with Lion One Metals. It's a company that is a sponsor of this show, and um, uh, Quentin is an advisor and director to Crestcat Capital, which is a strategic uh, investor or a strategic holder, at least, of uh, Lion One's shares. Uh, stock is selling uh, in New York here. I'm looking at it. It's around a little while ago, around 83 cents, 156.4 million shares. LIO is a symbol in Canada, L-I-O-M-L-L-O-M-L-F uh, in, in the U.S. Uh, so thanks, Quentin, for joining us once again. Always a pleasure, Jay. Thank you very much, and uh, I'm really glad to know that you're feeling better. I know you had a, a, a little bout with a, with a, with a tough... Uh, you're going you're gonna to get my cough going. Give me a laugh. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. I, I, I hope you have some cough drops ready. I, I, oh. I, I live on cough drops when I, when I have a problem like this, and I did last week. And thank God it, was, it went pretty well, but uh, it's no fun. I, I, um, I know that, but I'm glad to know you're so feeling fun, better. It's the top of the list of no fun, yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, that's right. Well, we'll try to get through this as, as quickly as possible then, and um, but we do want to let our investors uh, and listeners and subscribers know. Um, you know, it was on November 30th that Lion One released some results uh, from, it was an infill drill and resampling program undertaken in the near uh, in, in near surface portion of the Tuvatu deposit 
that's an area that the company has been planning to mine for some time, and now I guess they are actually planning to go through and do some test mining there in the near future. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about the results from that November 30th uh, news release in which they, they really uh, – they really announced a lot of drill results, a lot of assays, and from what I can see, they're pretty good. Yes, they are very good, very good. Look, uh, what I find really encouraging about the most recent rounds of assays that we've had, and this is actually for the past several months, is mm-hmm. as they do this infill work, and this this program is, like you said, dedicated towards uh, the area that they, they anticipate going mining first, mm-hmm. um, they're seeing very consistent nice high-grade results and <clears throat> this is uh, this is encouraging you know it, it is a nuggety deposit in the sense that um, as you as you go along strike or down dip you can see quite a bit of variability but mm-hmm. uh, what they're finding is as they drill more holes they're seeing uh, some pretty consistent high grades show up in fact mm-hmm. um, in general the grades that you see out of a lot of recent holes are better than the the resource grades that have been predicted through here. So I'm very optimistic of what this means. Uh, I think, uh, you know, like a lot of systems like this, like uh, Vaticola, which is nearby and was a a great mine for many, many years. It mined gold for, I think, 85 years, still in production. Mm. Uh, But it, you know, it started out at a small scale like this, you know, a small, high-grade, narrow uh, load system, uh, but you know, year after year after year, you know, continue to deliver. I think we're going to see the same kind of thing out of Tuvata here. I think these uh, results that they've encountered are are just stellar, and uh, you know, like twenty point six grams of seven over seven and a half meters. I mean, what's yeah, not yeah. like about that? You know, yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. What do you think? Um, you know, you say that the other mine that you just talked to talked about it started out small on surface, and this is the way things were going, you know, were, were, uh, the company was planning until they started to realize that this is uh, looks like a much bigger system, an alkaline system that has made, as you pointed out, some of the great mines uh, in history. And uh, this thing, from what I, I, you know, I know there's been some deep holes that have had similar or even better grades going down to considerable depth below the resource that's, that is now calculated, uh, that, that is already calculated. But, um, do you do you think this is in terms of the mining future? Do you do you think they have other? I mean, there are several other targets along strike. I think over a seven-kilometer strike is a number of other targets look similar, very similar, very almost identical to the to this deposit. Um, do you think it's possible they could start mining from various mines and then processing it through a mill there, or do you think that? How do you think that this will work out? I mean, they're going to start with the existing deposit and sure. build on that. That's what they're doing now, and that's where they'll start mining. But, I mean, there must be some limit to how much you can pull from depth. So if you had several mines at the same time, might there be more uh, more production per annum? Look, uh, you know, one of the goals of the company is to explore the greater strike. And like you said, yeah. it's about seven kilometers <clears throat> across the caldera from southwest to northeast. Mm-hmm. And they, they have at surface a number of showings that have uh, surface samples that grade, you know, in excess of, say, 10 grams per ton high-grade stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. But uh, so far, all of those are quite er, uh, quite a bit earlier stage. Now, <clears throat> a bit of drilling uh, has been done on some of those targets and there is high grade in places, uh, 
what it means or how big it might be. Don't know just yet, but uh, I think that's a, a longer-term goal of the company. Uh, and yes, uh, in theory, yes, certainly they could be developed as independent <clears throat> mines or, or whatnot. But, but I would say it's more likely than not that they would all be developed as part of the same mine. Mm. You know, that that is a long strike. But uh, I would say, you know, some of the more robust targets are within, say, a kilometer or two of Tuvatu. And, uh, you know, as you know, these systems are vertical. They they like mm. to go basically straight down on the ground and they're very mm. deep. So it would make most sense to develop uh, a lot of the stuff, say, within a kilometer or two uh, mm-hmm. of existing resource from uh, any ex- any infrastructure that's put in underground at Tuvatu. Um, one of the things that I would point out to, to listeners would be that uh, the existing resource, like if you look at the vertical profile in which the existing resource uh, is defined, it's roughly 400 meters tall. And it's, you know, it's just under, uh, say, a million ounces. I think it's 800 and some odd yeah. thousand ounces. And so that translates to, to you know, 2,000, 2,500 ounces per vertical meter. Well, <clears throat> recently, you know, we've we've been drilling this high-grade structure at depth, the 500 zone, and uh, we've done a, a lot more study of, you know, the actual mechanic, like the uh, the structure of the system, like where are these feeders and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think <clears throat> over the next few months, as we start drill testing some of these deeper uh, features, you'll see the Tuvatu resource itself grow considerably. Uh-huh. I don't want people to, to lose sight of that as well. Um, <clears throat> interestingly, the deepest plus 10 gram intercept we have from from the the depth of that intercept, which is getting close to a kilometer below uh, the surface, uh, you know, it, it we're looking at a vertical profile of a thousand meters already. Okay, now yeah, you're right, you're right. Haven't drilled out all of that yet. I mean, we've we've drilled up quite a few holes in that uh, lower part, but uh, and know the system's there, but we don't have it fully drilled out. Mm-hmm. But if you start to apply the fact that there's probably two thousand twenty five hundred ounces per vertical meter, uh-huh. it's, it's easy to kind of conjecture right now that there is potential to to have a two two and a half million ounce uh, mm-hmm. resource right there at Tuvatu, mm-hmm. you know. Aside from targets even adjacent to us, so right. I'm very upbeat about the whole system. It's pretty much playing out just like I I hoped it would. Like you hoped it would. Any idea when? Uh, what are they targeted? A targeted time for test mining? Uh, yeah, I believe they've actually stated here recently that uh, by the end of 2023, I think uh, that they're looking to to have a, a small scale test mine in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, uh, and they the company has their own assay lab, and I think they have their own drill, uh, their own drills, right? So they can do a lot of this stuff right. without waiting, and they're not dependent on, on lab delays and so forth. So, do you expect that we'll we'll start to see some more assays coming out pretty soon? Yes, they they should have another round of assays here shortly. Of course, Christmas kind of uh, delayed, uh, like everybody takes off a week or two around Christmas. So. Mm-hmm. Assays, but I think there's a, a pile growing right now, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they put out another news release in the not too distant future. You know, what's going to excite people, I think, is to see you know advancement towards the mining. Uh, that story start to develop, and then uh, some of these deeper tests. I think you'll see that the company's going to kind of push the envelope around 
some of the deeper stuff and, and stuff along strike, especially immediately adjacent to Tuvatu. I think that's going to be a major thrust for exploration here soon. Uh, funding the company, they're all right for now. Or they're going to have to raise something, some nope, more. No, they got plenty of money. I think they have uh, just a tad over uh, fifty million in the oh, bank. Oh, good. So, yeah, they're in really good shape. And then just one more question, Quentin, before we uh, give your voice a rest. Uh, the management, uh, you know, we're going from exploration to production. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the management and the capabilities that they might have talent-wise to, to move this towards test production and then hopefully beyond. Certainly. Look, uh, in, I think, August or September of last year, they brought in two new team members to add to their existing team. Uh, you got uh, Sergio Catalani, who's an exploration geologist, uh, very well seasoned at advanced stage drill outs, you know, like near mine uh, level drill outs. Uh, he worked at Castle Mountain most recently. Castle Mountain, of course, Equinox in California is in production. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, Sergio runs circles around this kind of thing. So he's done an exceptional job, as you can see, of delivering very consistent uh, news flow around high-grade intercepts, this infill drilling, the deep drilling, et cetera. So that's a, he's a great addition. And then uh, Patrick Hickey has also joined the company here recently. Uh, Patrick, <clears throat> I've known for many years. Uh, Patrick is a mine builder. Uh, he's uh, built uh, large-scale and smaller-scale mines around the world. Uh mainly gold, uh, but also even nickel, like he built, uh, helped build Embodiby in, in um, uh, Madagascar, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a unique skill in that he he has operated building mines uh, in fairly remote locations on islands, believe it or not. So, mm-hmm. like, he, he built uh, Batahija for Newmont uh, back in the late 1990s. Um, and, uh, you know, that's pretty remote so on an yeah. island. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, well suited for operating in this type of environment. I think most of the plans have now been crystallized under Patrick's uh, direction. I really am anxious to see the company move towards this, this small scale mining. Yeah, I would think, as, uh, especially if it's showing good profit margins, uh, operating margins at least, to start with, that would start to get people interested in uh, Ray, what I can see. You know, look, it's one of the highest grade uh, resources around. Um, Vaticolo nearby, you know, very similar story. It was a plus 10 gram deposit. In this case, the the existing resource is hovering around 9 or 10 grams. But you also have this higher grade uh, mineralization showing up at depth. Uh, the 500 load, which was the subject of a news release sometime a couple of months ago. <clears throat> if you look at that news release, you can see that the weighted average grade in, of those intercepts down there is like 23 grams or thereabouts. I mean, it's, it's impressive stuff. How many deposits do you know that have those kind of grades. No, not very many, not very many. Well, thank you, Quentin, very much for spending time with us, and uh, especially with your uh, voice and the issues that you have there. I'm glad to know you're feeling better. and uh, we'll I, to... I can't be having more fun right now, Jay. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. This year is going to be, I'm absolutely 100% stoked. So. Well, you it certainly would, might also just uh, tell listeners that uh, the Crestcat Capital uh, get active series at YouTube is one that if you're, if, you know, for the listeners that are out there that are investing in some of these companies, I think most, if not all of the sponsors of this show are also maybe owned by Crestcat or covered, but lots of others as well. Uh, and uh, folks, Quentin does a great job of explaining the geology in terms that we can understand as lay people. And that's what makes it so valuable as well as uh, Crestcat 
uh, does a wonderful job, I think, of explaining the uh, economic, the macroeconomics uh, scenario uh, and the markets and why, especially now, there's reason to be extremely bullish on commodities and gold in uh, gold and silver, the precious metals for sure. And maybe it gives some good reasons why maybe some of the things that have done so well for the last number of years uh, might not be the place you want to put all your money these days. So anyway, Quentin, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Once again. All right, folks. Well, we do have to go to break, but don't go away. Doug Casey will be joining me right after we uh, come back, talk about the perception that capitalism has failed. We'll hear what Doug has to say about that and uh, also what his views are going forward into this year. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Lion One Metals is focused on high-grade gold in Fiji, led by legendary Canadian financier Walter Barakoff. Lion One is permitted for production and drilling for discoveries in one of the most exciting high-grade gold projects in the prolific South Pacific Ring of Fire. Lion One trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol LIO and on the OTCQX under the symbol LOMLF. Go to our website at liononemetals.com for more information about Lion One Metals and high-grade gold in Fiji. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times to Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have Doug Casey here with us once again. I suppose most of you are very familiar with Doug, but since he hasn't not been on our show for uh, quite a while, a number of years, I believe, uh, let me quickly share with you some of his remarkable achievements. Uh, after graduating uh, from Georgetown in 1968, uh, he went on to write a book that I first Really, uh, the way I learned to know of Doug was his book, Crisis Investing, that was written in 19. 19- 80, and um, it was the bestseller in the New York Times for a number of uh, weeks straight, uh, number one bestseller, uh, and it ended up being the, the best-selling book, the financial book, uh, in 1980, and he's been on radio shows, television shows, uh, almost all of them that you can think of, David Letterman, Merv Griffin, Charlie Rose, Phil Donahue, uh, NBC News, CNN, he's run the gamut and also been featured in Time, Forbes, People Magazines, Washington Post, etc., etc. Doug is truly an international man. He's visited over 160 countries in his life, and he's lived in 10 different ones. Currently spends most of the year in Argentina and Uruguay. Uh, He sold Casey Research, which he had for a number of years, and and now writes uh, at internationalman.com, as well as doing a YouTube podcast called Doug Casey's Take. And I must have 
admit I haven't looked at that yet. I've got to go go there and check it out because uh, I've always liked to hear what Doug has to say. Uh, always uh, provocative and uh, provides ideas that aren't commonly held by most people, which makes him um, very important. Um, he's also written three books along with uh, co-authored with John Hunt. Um, is uh, the Charles Knight High Ground series, a speculator, drug, uh, drug lord, and assassin, and he says there's four more on the way. So, um, um, Doug, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Well, it's it's a pleasure, Jay. It's uh, nice to talk to you, even though you're in um, cold and snowy and uh, <laughs> New York. And you're in the tropics. I, yeah, I, it's actually, I've got a palm tree that I'm looking at here. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah so eat your heart out, Taylor. Uh, I know, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so glad that you could join us. And, um, you know, I still remember, Doug, you and I were about the same age, and it was when you, we were both quite young when I saw you pop up there on one of those Good Morning America or one of those shows to, to tout your book. Uh, crisis investing and it, it, it um, that's the first I learned of you and then was really excited to see you in person at various uh, gold shows over the years and have always really treasured uh, your your ideas and um, and your insights um, I, I did want to talk to you today about um, uh, an article that uh, Jeff Thomas wrote for your publication uh, but maybe before we go any, any further um, for people to follow you where should they I guess they can just go to your website, probably. Um, where should they go to, to follow? Uh, go to international, internationalman.com. Uh, uh-huh. We publish pretty good stuff. In fact, very good stuff, free every day. So that's yes, the best you, way to reach me. Yes, you do um, publish a lot of good things, and um, and that's what we want to talk to you about, uh, one or more of them today. Um, <clears throat> Jeff Thomas wrote this article, Capitalism Has Failed. Um, and I would just, uh, he started out as follows. He says, <clears throat> excuse me, today more than at any time previously, Westerners are justifying a move towards collectivist thinking with the phrase capitalism has failed. In response to this, conservative thinkers offer a knee-jerk reaction that collectivism has also had a dismal record of performance. Neither group tends to gain any ground with the other group. But over time, the West has moved inexorably to the collectivist direction. As I see it, liberals are putting forward what appears on the surface to be a legitimate criticism, and conservatives are countering it with the apology that, yes, capitalism isn't failing, but collectivism is worse. Unfortunately, what we're seeing here is not classical logic, as Aristotle would have endorsed, but emotionalism that ignores the principles of logic, end of quote. So emotionalism, you know, over logic seems so obvious, uh, I think, wherever you look almost these days. I mean, uh, Dr. Malone, for example, the inventor of RNA technology, um, is told to shut up, but he doesn't know what he's talking about, and he's cut off of Twitter. Uh, You know, we have what I think is totally unscientific transgender confusion uh we have even some woman selling her flatulence uh in a bottle Uh, (laughs) i mean how crazy has the world become doug and nobody seems to be really employing logic but it is emotionalism and all people do on on either side or whatever side they are is want to punch each other out so how did we get here well uh, to start with 
speaking to the first point you made, Jeff, uh, about Jeff's article, Jay. Uh, yeah. It's that um, the conservatives are their own worst enemy. Uh, what we have today is not capitalism. Mm-hmm. It's actually what we, technically speaking, is fascism, mm-hmm. which is state corporatism. Mm-hmm. What we have in the United States today is exactly the situation that Mussolini promoted in Italy before World War II. State corporatism, where uh, money, power, favors, everything goes through the government. An immensely profitable, uh, an immensely powerful government hooked up with corporations. Uh, It's different from socialism. In socialism, the state owns the means of production, okay? That's Mm -hmm. the actual definition of socialism. Mm -hmm. We don't have that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The means of production, factories, fields, farms, that type of thing, uh, are owned by individuals and corporations, but they're controlled by and taxed by and Mm -hmm. regulated by the state. Mm -hmm. That's that's what we have today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not capitalism. Mm-hmm. It's pure free market capitalism is something where you own something and the state's not involved. Listen, if you look at a chart of um, what's happened over the 20th and 21st centuries, the state has gone from a minor influence on anything. There was no income tax. There was no sales tax. There was no value-added tax. There was no regulation, mm-hmm. and the economy was compounding and booming, okay? Mm-hmm. But uh, now, uh, the states involved everywhere has huge taxes, and despite the huge taxes, it's, it's bankrupt. And worse than that, uh, they're trying to get bigger. I mean, Biden's Build Back Better program is going to add trillions and trillions of dollars in new spending, which means that average Americans are going to become more and more reliant upon the government. Mm -hmm. Uh, And once you give people something, you can't take it away. So the prognosis is is very negative, in my opinion. I hate to say that. Nobody likes to be a uh, a negative Nelly or a Debbie mm-hmm. Downer or anything mm-hmm. like that, but mm-hmm. yeah, things are things things are going to be grim. We've we've entered upon the Greater Depression, which is what I call it. Mm-hmm. A period of uh, time when most people stand in a living drops significantly, mm-hmm. which has been happening uh, for quite a while, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, if the government gets bigger, it takes more of the uh, more of the financial resources away. Um, and, you know, if it has really, you know, I'd like to say, how can we have capitalism when you can't, when there's no price discovery of capital? How can you really have capitalism when you they push interest rates down to where they are? But one thing I wonder, Doug, I often ask myself, why in the world, if you talk to people about what capitalism is, they don't understand it. They don't understand even the banking system and how money is magically multiplied uh, through thin air, you know, and, and they don't understand the mechanics of capitalism or the monetary system. How can a capitalist system survive if people are ignorant about capitalism and the virtues of it, how it works so well, why uh, capitalism is the only system in which countries really become wealthy and socialism really, uh, socialism takes away capital and hence future growth. It's just, it's just so obvious. I mean, it encourages consumption ever since Keynes. We've been you know, encouraged to consume our way to being prosperous. Well, that hasn't really worked out very well, although it's worked very well for the top 1%, I suppose. 
as as you know, every time we pump more money in the system, the equity markets go up. It seems, although that may come, be coming to an end. But why do you think it is a capitalist country never teaches its students in school about the virtues or even the mechanics of capitalism? It doesn't have to even. They just told people how capitalism worked. I think a lot of people would figure out why it works so well. Why do you think we never schools don't teach it? Well, look, for many years, I've said that you shouldn't go to college unless you want to learn a STEM subject, science, technology, engineering, uh-huh. or math. Uh-huh. Uh, everything else you can learn, and you'd be better off learning by yourself. Mm-hmm. The trouble is when you go to college, you're being indoctrinated by intellectuals. And these intellectuals think that they're smart enough to be able to control other people and control the economy. Mm-hmm. And for generations, students have been told that the government should be in charge of things. The, the wise Solons in the government yeah. are, are so much better and wiser than greedy <laughs> businessmen. So we, we've had generations of Americans that have been indoctrinated with totally phony economics and totally phony mm-hmm. e- ethical theories besides, mm-hmm. which is even worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that they think are morally good are actually morally bad. So when somebody is indoctrinated with these things at a young age, it's really hard to unlearn mm-hmm. uh, these things once, once they're taught to you. So it's cause for pessimism because almost everybody goes to college today misallocating hundreds of thousands of dollars and four years of valuable time sitting at a desk listening to uh, socialists and wokists and welfare statites drone on about the way they think the world ought to be. And everybody seems to accept it. The media mouths the same thing. Sports figures mouth the same thing. Uh, Corporations and their ads say the same thing. So we've got a nasty trend that's been in motion and accelerating for years. And um, it's it's only getting worse uh, in a lot of ways. The average standard of living for the average person has been maintained only by huge amounts of debt. Yeah. But the the problem with debt is that, uh, look, when you have savings, it means that you're producing more than you consume Mm -hmm. and you're putting that aside. Mm -hmm. When you have debt, it means you're consuming more than you produce. Now, how is that possible? Either you're living out of the capital that somebody else has Mm -hmm. saved in the past when Mm -hmm. you borrow, or you're mortgaging your future. And when people talk about the immense amount of debt that we have in the United States, that is the problem. And it goes beyond that. Uh, The major export Well, first of all, the United States is running about a trillion dollar per year export deficit. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It means that not just individuals in the U.S. are very deeply in debt, but the country as a whole is. Uh, In other words, those nice Germans and Japanese send us Sonys and Mercedes and things like that, and we send them dollars, about a trillion a year. But that really amounts to debt, because at some point, those dollars... I don't know how many trillions, nobody knows how many trillions are floating around outside the U.S., are going to come back home and buy corporations and land and everything else from Americans. Those dollars will be redeemed here. Mm-hmm. So we, we have yet to even begin to reap the whirlwind. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, so I think you're talking about the, the, uh, uh, the demolition of uh, sovereignty, essentially. Well, that's, that's, that's correct. People talk about democracy. We have democracy in this guy. Well, no, you don't. I mean, you're presented with an alternative between a Tweedledee on the right side and a Tweedledum on the <laughs> left side. And that's the choice you get. So yeah. is that democracy? Entirely apart from the fact that, in reality, in a country of 300 million people who have vastly differing desires and beliefs, mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's, it's more like mob rule. Right, right, uh, right. And, and anyway, you can't have a democracy. You can, have, you can have a democracy when the people in a country share the same values, share the same history, share the same mm -hmm. language, share mm -hmm. the same beliefs. Mm -hmm. uh, that's possible. They're all kind of on the same page. They mm -hmm. have a common culture. Mm -hmm. But that's no longer the case in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, historical statues being overturned, historical values are, are, are being trashed. Uh, people from all over the world that have totally different beliefs, religions, cultures, coming in. The United States is, is actually a um, multinational domestic empire at mm -hmm. this point. Mm -hmm. It's not the democracy that we're told it is. Mm -hmm. so th well, things change. Okay, yeah. everything changes yeah. over time, but uh, that's, yeah. that's the way things stand right now. But it doesn't augur well for the financial markets, which is, I no. guess, what we mostly talk about right. on the show. Right, is right. for sure. Yeah, for sure, Doug. And I wanted to ask you before we run out of time. I mean, if we, you and I are old enough to remember when there was still some semblance of uh, honest money in, you know, in existence. It never was, it never was perfect. But of course, dollars couldn't be created so easily until 1971. Of course, it was uh, we lost the the ability individuals did to to own gold in the 1930s under Roosevelt. But to what extent, if, if, we had if we had remained on some sort of a quasi-gold, international gold standard as we had prior to 1971, do you think we could have entered into such a rapid decline as we have? Uh, no, because when you destroy the money, you destroy the average person's ability to get ahead. Look, why do most third world countries, why are they shitholes and why do they stay shitholes? Because... Yeah. In a place like Zambia, if, if a guy is trying to get ahead, he's got to save the local currency, which is a quacha. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you save a quacha, which is decreasing in value by 20% per year? You can't. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. can't get ahead. And that's what's happening with Americans, where you have nothing to save and, and therefore nothing to uh, buy stocks or buy real estate. So the, it all rests on the on the currency in the country. It, it's a subtle form of theft when mm -hmm. they inflate the currency, and that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And actual inflation in the U.S. is not the seven percent they report. That's that's a lie. Mm -hmm. It's more like ten to fifteen percent, and I'm afraid it's going higher. Yeah. we're headed towards financial chaos, Jay. Yeah, I'm afraid we are. And Doug, you know you're. Uh, you provide some some insights, some ideas of how people, you know, it is what it is, we like to say, but we don't like to say, but it is what it is, we have to say. But how can you do the best, you know, how can you best protect yourself given these undesirable 
directions that we're headed. And, and I know that you offer a lot of that, um, uh, you know, at, at internationalman.com, and people should really check in there uh, to learn what you have to say. I think you have some things coming up now that uh, I noticed some video that's coming up perhaps where you might provide some of that guidance to people. Yeah, we've got quite a bit of that type of thing there. Um, but if I was to sum it up yeah. very briefly, mm-hmm. uh, what do you have to do? What what should the guy listening to this say, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about the way things are going in this country. What can I do? Well, forget about politics. You've mm-hmm. got to center on yourself. And mm-hmm. what do you do? Think, you've got to produce more than you consume. Mm-hmm. Figure out how to produce more. Offer value to to the marketplace, produce more than you consume and save the difference. How should you save the difference? I think even today you should buy gold and silver coins, learn how to do it and do it. So mm-hmm. that's number one. And um, that, that's by far the uh, the most important thing. The second thing I guess is to learn economics, mm-hmm. uh, learn to speculate because in, in the years to come, most of the real wealth in the world is still going to be there. It's just going to change ownership. Mm-hmm. But in order to uh, profit from it, as opposed to be washed away and devastated by the titanic fluctuations we're going to see in the marketplace, you have to know something about economics. You have to know something about investing. You have to know something about speculation. Easier said than done. That's mm-hmm. work to mm-hmm. learn. But those are the two important things that you should do from an economic mm-hmm. point of view. All right. And I would also add, and I think you would agree with this, is uh, have good friends and have a neighbor, have neighbors around you uh, that you can he- help each other out with uh, when times are difficult. I think. I mean, absolutely, you, you, and, you, ab- ab- absolutely, and, and I can assure you, Jay, that I do not surround myself with um, the kind of people that would vote for Jay Biden, or Jay, uh, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris. <laughs> Well, I, I, I suspect that a good number of our listeners feel the same way, and I suspect there may be some in there that uh, don't feel that way, but in any event, it's sound advice from my from my perspective, uh, Doug, and uh, thank you so much for spending time with us, and uh, we'll try to get people to go to that site, uh, get them to go to internationalman.com. I need to spend a bit more time there myself, so thank you so much, Doug. It's, it's really, great hearing, really great yeah. hearing from you again. Good talking to you, Jay. We'll have to do it more often. I would like that. Thank you so much. All right, folks. Well, that is it for this week. Next week, Kevin Duffy, the author of The Coffee Can Portfolio, will be with me. Patrick Highsmith of Firefox Gold and Michael Oliver will be back with us again. Until then, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Firefox Gold is actively exploring in Finland, where recent discoveries have sparked a new gold rush. Firefox controls a major portion of a prospective gold belt, giving the company a distinct advantage for exploration and strategic partnerships. The company's strong international leadership team, combined with its Finland-based exploration specialists, will put Firefox on the crest of the coming wave of gold discoveries. Firefox Gold trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol FFOX. Go to firefoxgold.com to subscribe for updates.